Hello and welcome to another installment of BC Museum Portraits. I'm BC Museum Portraits Project Manager, Spencer Stewart. This episode takes us to Gabriola Island, where I'll be speaking with Gabriola Historical Museum Society members Liz Coesia, Director, Joan Merrifield, President, Laura Baldemus, Museum Manager, Janet Stobbs, Archivist, Chris Campbell, Director, as well as members of the board Gloria Felix and Allison Douglas. My name is Allison Douglas, and I've actually been involved with the museum since 2007. Janet and I joined the board. At the same time, I was on the board for three years, and then I was not on the board anymore, but I've maintained my connection with the History and Presentation Committee, and then more recently with the Fundraising Committee. But how I got involved was my actual, my academic background is English and history. But for the last 20 years of my teaching career, I taught only English, and I thought I really want to get back to my history background and to do something involving history, and so the museum became the obvious choice for two reasons. One, so I would learn about the history of the place that I had moved to, and also because I wanted to be involved in the museum. I'm Liz Siosia, and I've been involved with the museum as a director on the board since 2018, and I've just taken on being the volunteer coordinator, so when we have events. I have a list of people and Laura helps here and I send out requests for volunteers to help with whatever the event may be. My interest I think in the museum stems from, I've lived on the island a long time, not that that gives me a sense of entitlement, but I've been here a long time and I just want to see the, this beautiful nature of the Gulf Islands, which are very special, uh, protected and respected. And I see that through the museum with all the uh, having the young people come to or children come to have access to programs. And I'd like to see the museum as a hub. I do a program in the summer called Walk on the Wild Side, which is again teaching people or educating people. Because many people are already disconnected from nature when they move here because they come from cities. And suddenly they're living in these magnificent forests of the West Coast and all the wild life that is on this island. And it is difficult for some people to understand why the deer eat their roses. Well, they're opportunists like we are. <laughs> but anyhow, I like what the museum's doing. I like the energy here. I like the people I'm working with. But I really want to see us get more backing money. We made a big decision to buy the property around us, which was a huge decision by the board and then by the members. And it was such a good decision because we would have nowhere to go. We would have nowhere to expand. What Liz is referring to is the McRae lands, which Stan and Maxine donated this property that we sit on right now, and their 20 acres surrounded us. They took off a piece so we could have the museum. Mm. When they both passed two years ago, their land came up for sale, and it just felt like we needed to put the land back together. Mm. And so we went through a long process of getting it approved, and so we half 18.22 acres are under covenant protected forever and we work together with nature trust and gabriola lands and trust trail committee society to maintain the trails that are there grandfathered in hmm. but it is uh, there to be no development on 18.22 acres and we have one acre that we're allowed to build on or do things on. I'm Joan Merrifield, president of the board at this time, and I joined the board about seven years ago, I think. 
no, maybe longer, one of the board members phoned me up and said, we want to put in a native plant trail, Joan, and a lot about plants, so we want you to join the board. So <laughs> I got pulled in to do one project. And once I got in here, I thought, we need an accessible walkway around the building because it was just a tripper trail around the building. So I ended up working on that and then looking at, starting to look at the native plants. And here we are, 360, we're building a native plant trail out here in the one acre now. So that'll be done in, by the end of December. So I was on the board for a number of years and I guess I've been president now for five years. And we've seen big changes over the last few years at the museum. My reason for joining was, came from a variety of places, but one was the phone call from a dear friend who was on the board. And I thought, I, I thought, oh, I would really like to work with her. So it came from that area. And then it also came from, my sister-in-law came here and visited the museum and brought me here and said, you have to see this museum you have on Gabriola. <laughs> and I'd only, I'd been working in Vancouver and had barely moved to Gabriola. And so I came with her and saw it through her eyes. And we published for 10 years a shale magazine and she bought every one of them. And she's a naturalist working back in Eastern US. And she got me all fired up about the museum. Yeah. I, it was like a, someone from away coming here yeah. and said, you have a jewel. My name is Laura. I'm the manager at the museum here and I've only been with the museum for about a year and a half now. But I grew up on the island so I've always been interested in all the stories that I've heard about all the crazy <laughs> characters we've had here. <laughs> the stuff that's happened. And since joining the museum I've learned so much more and see it as another way that I can work in and serve the community here, which is a really great community. Mm -hmm. I'm Jana Stobbs and I moved to Gabriel Island about 15 years ago when I retired. I was an RN and when I came here I wanted to learn more about where I'm going to be for the rest of my life and the museum was the best place for it. So I came in and said I'd like to volunteer <laughs> and the people who told me, showed me what the archives was and how to go and the routine and the rules and regulations, there was two of them. One was a retired doctor and one was a retired nurse. I joined the board in 2007 and I've been here ever since. So I'm in here for the long haul. And it's great. And I have three, no, three volunteers that come in. Each one comes in a separate day just for two hours and we work together indexing newspapers and bringing things up to date. The museum and the archives how has that relationship been over the years? Was it formed around the same time or is it an offshoot of the museum? Everybody started, they had no idea and they actually went to different seminars and conferences and all kinds of things just to learn. Then they passed their knowledge on to me. 25 years ago, ago. Okay. the building was built and then from there the art artifacts just started arriving. Yeah. We arrived some mornings and there's an artifact sitting at the front door. Chris Campbell, I joined the board in 21. Been here on Gabriel or coming to Gabriel since I was five, so I've got a love of the island. And I think I would say my reasons are a combination of Laura's and Liz's because I very much am about environment mm -hmm. and I saw a big natural history theme here and then being part of the community and learning from the past mm -hmm. I think is really valuable and so whatever it takes to support I'm invested in those. It really does, it has a natural history component that's very strong. Was that something that was reflected in the mandate early on with the collections that came in? 
Um, everything is supposed to come from a Gabriolan. And it also, also has to have a story. At least I really like the stories mm -hmm. behind who had it first, yeah. what they did with it, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. And so it keeps the, the past going. Mm -hmm. When the McCrae's, when they donated this half acre for the museum, they, owned, they had bought these 20 acres in 71 or sometime yeah. and never sold them, never developed it. And, and developers who were coming to the island to build this, build that, were always knocking on Stan's door. He was an old CC effort, what more can I say? And he'd invite them in and then he'd tell them exactly that it's not for sale. Their wish was always that the museum would reflect the island and the First Nations and that it would also reflect the environment because he never ever cut a tree down on that property in the 20 years. The early exhibits were often things like the brickyard and what the board of directors did in the early days is every year they would have an absolutely new exhibit and it was exhausting. So they take everything out and bring in a new exhibit like one year it was Silva Bay, one year it was Brickyard, one year it was the Millstones and <laughs> we just this? when we joined the board mm -hmm. a, a group of us went we need a grounding. We need something here and then we can have things coming in and going. But we we really felt we had to create some solidity. And so we're at this moment integrating the industry back into the natural history. And we have another covenant that the museum is responsible for is the millstone covenant. So up in where the millstones are and where we have that exhibit outside, it's not really accessible because it's dangerous. So we've got two covenants and one of the things that Laura and I have talked about is getting a, an exhibit in the museum here, explain what a covenant is. We think that people can come and learn here what it means to have a covenant and that the museum is actually doing that work. What are, what are some of the strong stories with, within the collection that you're looking forward to, to telling in the future? I think First Nations involvement, our ancestral village. and I mean, that's... Like tomorrow we're moving two petroglyphs over to an ancestral village area that will have petroglyphs all around it so the elders can come here and sit on a bench and be surrounded by their petroglyphs. Mm -hmm. That move is starting tomorrow. We have a very hectic week ahead. But I think with putting in the Sinemo Gallery, we will be acknowledging the traditional territory and that there was 18 villages around the island. We will be putting a map on that whole back wall and then pulling from each spot on the map we're working with Sinemo, they do the writing and we don't edit their content. The whole Sinemo gallery is a collaboration between the Gabriel Museum and Sinemo First Nations. This is a big piece we'll be working on over the next year. So there's been a Japanese fishery that has been acknowledged through BC Heritage at Silva Bay or Pages Resort. We've already had one ceremony at Pages with a number of elders from the Japanese community who did live here but then when internment came they ended up going to the interior and they lost everything their homes their land their boats everything so it's a very big story to tell and some Japanese people who live on the island this is very exciting for them that this has come full circle we're only a piece of it but mm -hmm. Ukulet's going to do a big installation in Salt Spring Island there may be one more Gulf Island we're all part of this. So that's going to be a big story to tell. Yeah. There's all these groups that are part of it with the First Nations beginning because this is where they were and they only took what they needed and then the Japanese were at the south end. The pioneers came and created these big farms and cut down trees and had agriculture and fed the miners in Nanaimo because Nanaimo mm -hmm. was a huge 
place where they can take mining. their vegetables mm -hmm. and coal mine. The thing we've done most recently to describe the whole story was we've just redone our website mm -hmm. and included mm -hmm. a new history section in there mm -hmm. with a timeline and little stories about mm -hmm. all the various phases of humanity right from the beginning and, and talking about then the settlers and then the early development and then land preservation and right to where we are now with all the complexity of all this, the social network we have and all the non-profit organizations so that the, the island has gone from being quite simple to being quite complex really mm -hmm. socially. The museum has published a book called Telling Island Stories which does tell mostly settler history. It has traveling a little bit time. of cinema. Traveling through time. Traveling through time. Traveling through what time. did I say? Telling island stories. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. That's the name of our event. And then we have one called a Glimpse Through Time, which is... Mm -hmm. so Jenny, you want to describe? Um, newspaper articles written by a former board member yeah. and all about Gabriolans. Hmm. It, it, whether they were a farmer, whether they worked in retail. Gloria, if you could take a chance to introduce yourself. I got involved with the museum because a friend recruited me and she hassled me for a few years. I was a board member for about four years. Then I needed to take a break, but I wanted to hang on to the Truth and Reconciliation. We started it as a subcommittee of the Education Committee. And so at that point we were just gathering resources. And so when I, I left the board, I said I'd like to carry on with this project that I started. So one of the first things that I did on the subcommittee, for the Education Committee, the TNR subcommittee, was to try to build relationship with somebody over in Sunamo First Nation. And in particular, that was Geraldine Manson, who had been working actually off and on with the museum for many years prior to that. I made contact with her because I had heard that she, the ancestors were not happy and something needed to happen with the petroglyph reproductions on the museum grounds. So over the years, I spent a lot of time going back and forth and having tea with Geraldine, mm -hmm. talking about different issues but all in particular trying to focus down on what do we need to do at the museum and what would you like us to do. She was thinking like a traditional space in the forest where Sunaymo or other indigenous people on the west coast would would teach, do teachings and stuff. So we have a dedicated space on the museum grounds that that will be that space. We've been working on that project for about six years now and it's changed quite a bit from the first reiteration. For Sunaymo First Nations and many other nations on the coast, they didn't traditionally carve wood. So originally we were going to have four poles and a pole on top and they would be all carved with stories and that the idea is that they do storytelling back there. And we would move the petroglyphs at along with those stories that are on the ground, we would move them back into that space. Well, they don't carve in wood, the ancestors didn't, they carved in stone. And so, as we were walking the ground, thinking about this, Geraldine noticed the two standing petroglyphs, and those will be the ones that will be moved, and they will become like a portal into that area. And it's really exciting mm -hmm. because after six years, we're starting to do it this week, yeah. mm -hmm. of all things. And tomorrow we'll have a ceremony that will disconnect those images from where they are planted right now, and then moving them, which is actually a lot more work than one would think it is, and then reconnecting yeah. them. So there are three parts to this ceremony, or three separate ceremonies, and that's happening tomorrow. We have Elder Gary Manson is coming over to do that work, and Geraldine Manson will be here as well. I'm hearing of four to seven projects that have been underway for probably in and around a decade. How do you go about 
planning and executing the exhibitions and publications and as a as a board and as people involved in the organization what do you think is the secret to keep the momentum going on all these projects? I think the dedication of our board members and our committee members mm -hmm. has been paramount. It's We've had people here for the long term. Like mm -hmm. when Janet and Allison talk about how long they've been here, they've been here for a long time. And they bring history with them. And then we have the new energy of all the new people coming in. And Gloria dedicating herself to working with Sanaimo First Nations has just pushed us to a new level. Like we have a strong relationship now with Sanemo. We were invited to come to Chief and Band Council about two months ago, Gloria and I went. We're getting an MOU written about the different projects we're doing. We've worked very hard to establish that relationship and, and we're now friends. And that took a lot of work and a lot of being very careful to follow all of the protocols that were given to us. And when we did the t Telling Island Stories, on the last day, Geraldine said, I feel like when we were down at Dagen Bay, she said, and I got to be with friends. Yeah. That's how she sees us. Yeah. The museum is her friends. and her. So there were 40 people. Mm -hmm. in a circle around hearing Geraldine talk. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of high-quality people work for this museum, mm -hmm. whether they're staff or volunteers. And we've also had lucky enough to receive quite a bit of grant money without support of BC Arts Council or mm -hmm. BC Heritage yeah. and Canadian Heritage. We would be still at the beginning. And the community has stepped up. Like all of that exhibit out there that I said was phase one, that came mainly from the BC, the Lion, Gabriel Alliance Committee. Arbutus Home Hardware donated all of the wood to build everything out there. We had volunteers who worked on constructing all of that. The exhibit committee is all volunteers. I think that's one of the changes that I saw, maybe Janet will remember this. When we first joined the board, it was like the doors were closed to the museum. Remember we weren't, they didn't want us to let any light in because some of the artifacts might suffer. And to give Mary Wolaben a lot of credit, Mary said, no, we are going to open the doors to the community. We are mm -hmm. going to go out to the community. We are going to invite the community to come in. And we did. And everyone after that has continued that. What a difference to say, no, you're only allowed in if you want to do research to come on in. And the one thing that I'm thinking of specifically is, of course, our Canada Day celebrations, yes. which are so much fun. It's mainly for the children. But that is another way of simply saying to the community, come celebrate with us. And I thought, I think that's one of the really major things mm -hmm. that we have also done. And I was thinking about the SNAMO and the, the non-adversarial relationship. But I think the museum has done an amazing job. We can't forget the RDN grant. They give us yeah. an operating grant. Um, it's not enough. Uh, every organization and on that's the, the That's the regional so. district of Nevada. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and that, I, before that, I was... There is zero money. I know Joan and the board are asking, going to ask for more RDN money, but for this museum to, to open its doors, it requires that financial support That's from true. different levels of government too. Yeah. And the RDN stepped mm -hmm. up and now we wanted them to up it some too. Looking at these projects, the display panels in the exhibition space, the self-guided history tours, there seems to be a method of communication that's fairly consistent. How do you keep that consistency? Through the H&P committee and the exhibit committee, all the work that has been developed has gone through extensive editing 
and proofreading but editing towards content and we have people out in the community we published a magazine called the shell for 10 years and we have people in the community like nick doe doe and jenny gilbrig gilbach who wrote many of the articles so we have this historical documents to go back to and then we go to them and say is there anything you would change here what's the update because when we went when we did the second edition of TTT, we had to we had to change what the story was around Malspina Galleries. Nick said, "Okay, we got it wrong. We've got to redo it." So, second edition, it came out with the, the most recent version. He had done all that research, mm. so we had some very dedicated. We have some like the whole geology section was designed by three geologists. Mm. So we've had people come from the community who bring their expertise in that area. Mm -hmm. The Beach Quest program that was designed, we had a biologist, we had a graphic artist, we had two graphic artists actually working on Beach Quest and a whole other committee who just wanted to see Beach Quest happen. Now it's evolved through time into where it is today, but we have a Beach Quest book and we teach Beach Quest programs in the summer to anybody who registers. Also people who've come and to help with our real professionals. One of the things that when Gloria and I joined the board together, we insisted that everything had to be edited. And we've followed through on that. And I think it's been our saving grace. These publications will live longer than us. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that the future people get the most up-to-date research. And some of us are educators, so I know yes. There's three of us who are educators around the table right now, maybe more. What are some things that you're seeing in the community? What are some transformations you're seeing in the community that, that, I, you, that you have I an eye to? The skate park. Mm -hmm. The yeah. skate park was debated hotly on this island for I don't know how many years, and it finally happened. To me, that's a story in itself. I don't use a skateboard, but I mean, it's been oh, quite it successful. But they had to take the trees down. I'm a tree hugger. I mean, I thought, well, if this is going to be beneficial for, that's what kids do. The program that April Vanini is going on is recording the pandemic. Right now we have a grant called the Triumph Grant. We're recording the pandemic stories. So we'll have an installation and we'll have a, a website about the pandemic and we'll have a book that every family on the island will receive about pandemic stories. So we're working on that grant and that will be over at the end of March and launched. The programs for school kids has made the museum children friendly in a way that might not have been before. We need to talk about the canoe project. That was more part of Gabriel Elementary School and Simon Fraser University. They had a carver come in and create a canoe and the children worked on it all year and then they launched the canoe. So that was a big event that happened on the island and probably did impact many people in becoming aware of Sinemo First Nations. We have Dave Bodley who teaches cedar weaving and bracelet making and he's a fixture here now. Like Dave's been working with us for years. So everybody says, oh, is Dave going to come and make bracelets, teach us how to make bracelets? And so all the kids last National Indigenous Peoples Day, every child walked out of here at the school with a twisted cedar bracelet, every one of them. So he went through the entire school. We also had a storyteller, Celestine Alec. She did her storytelling and people were just blown away. And then we had an elder, Lorna, Johnny, out here making fry bread. 
not so positive transformation is the aging population on Gabriola and it's reflected in our volunteer base. There's an awful lot of organizations on Gabriola and you see the same uh, people cycling through all of the boards so we're getting tired and older. Mm -hmm. Also the island is changing in terms of demographic around socioeconomic status. It's getting really difficult like it's so important for us to do whatever we can to attract children and families but the fact of the matter is that many of those people can't afford to live here mm -hmm. anymore. I don't see that changing anytime soon because people seem to want to live on the west coast and young families need to live here. We need we need that diversity, that intergenerational diversity to keep this community healthy. And right now it's going in the direction of more and more people my age. And how that will affect the museum? It's hard to get people to be, get on board. They'll be here as volunteers, but it's another level of responsibility to be a board member. And so I see that the people that are on boards right now are are showing their their fatigue. Not all of us, not every day, but some days it's overwhelming. I agree with you, Gloria, but I also see that people that are on boards now, we're from a generation, that is what we did, whereas the, the younger generation has, has a different outlook. They're going to school, or they're trying to get a job so yeah. that they can go back to school. Even yeah. though they're interested and they take the, the wildlife course that I give and how to do the, all these things, they're, they're not available. It's hard so. for those young people to live here if they can't afford housing. Yes. But even if they can live here, I mean, if they have jobs mm -hmm. and they have families, yeah. they're spending their free time more often than not with their families. I mean, I know this for trying to get volunteers to lift boxes of books for the Friends of the Library ah. on a Friday. And I said, who is available that's younger than we are? Yeah. On a Friday, they're either working or they're at school. Five, ten years out, where, where, do, you, where do you see the museum? I would like to see us expand. I'd love to see us be able to be on a, in my view, a museum tour. People could come and go to Victoria, and then come up island, go to Ladysmith, come over to Nanaimo, then to Gabriola, then up, up island to Qualicum, then up to Alert Bay. So you would be part of a tour, and it, and we could promote the museums and the history. Big increase in the RDN grant <laughs> <laughs> and government support. Really, I want to see better government support. Museums, pretty much everywhere else, are supported Scratching. one way or yeah. another, and fund our operating costs minimally or something mm -hmm. like that. And that that's just my my wish. I like this to be a cultural hub be where people learn about the past cultures, about the current cultures, about indigenous culture, and I'd like it to be the, a vehicle for helping people understand community life, whatever it takes to do that in exhibits and the events. It's the only group that actually mixes all sectors of community together, mm -hmm. kids and older folk and the past and the present and mm -hmm. the environment. In buying the, the piece of land, the McCray lands, we, we have a mortgage on that, and we are in a big fundraising campaign to raise to pay that off. We have raised uh, about $127,000 in a year and a half, and we have 25000 coming in the door this week from Canadian Nature Trust. They're giving us 25000 In five years, I don't want to renew that mortgage. I want it paid off. Mm -hmm. I'd like it that at each year end, we can pay a big chunk, and then uh, at the end of five years, we own the land and there's no more mortgage. And then we can start to talk about a building or what we want to do over there. I've always thought we could do a community hub building that would bring in the whole community. I've had so many people tell, we'll have an office there. We'll come over and 
will book your boardroom and that the archives could actually have a proper space with proper equipment and proper ventilation and everything that it needs and Janet wouldn't be stuck in an attic. I know you love it up there, but at the same time, it worries me. There's a lot of community groups who are looking for a place to live. I agree with everything that's been said and, and hearing all these ideas, what makes my job here so great is that <laughs> I get excited hearing all these dreams for Gabriella because growing up here there wasn't a lot going on in age group and, and services and stuff but just seeing the museum growing more and more as being a part of the community and offering services mm -hmm. and space and really is exciting. I just want to say that Laura has done an amazing job on our gift shop yes. and that's brought in a lot of artists who have come in and said I want to be in the gift shop because they're seeing that oh their things are they don't have to be an artist and also have sell their art, which mm -hmm. is a whole other different skill. We'll mm -hmm. sell it for them. And so we're getting a lot of people coming and wanting to have their things in our gift shop. Yeah, we're looking probably. at a, a capital <laughs> yeah. grant to build a gift shop, attach it to the front of the building, yeah. like a whole addition. Uh, because through the gift shop, that could make us more sustainable. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been another BC Museum portrait. BC Museum Portraits is done in partnership with the BC Museum Association. To hear more portraits and view the accompanying images made by project photographer Tai Yu Hayward, please go to museum.bc.ca. Thank you very much for listening.